Good morning, friends. You've tuned into Faith Communications of Erie Christian Fellowship Church. We're delighted that you joined us today. Our hope is that today's message will help you to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. As we listen to today's message, keep in mind that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Now let's go right into today's broadcast. I just want to read a scripture as we get started. It's out of Revelation 21, verse 5. Then he who sat on the throne, he who sat on the throne, this is Jesus saying, Behold, I make all things new. He makes all things new. And he said to me, Write, write, for these words are true and faithful. And he said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give of the fountain of water of life freely to him who thirsts. He who overcomes shall inherit all things and I will be his God and he shall be my son. Heavenly Father, we just come to you. We come to you tonight to worship you, to thank you, to seek you, to lay all our cares before you. Father, we just thank you tonight. We worship you. Thank you for your Son. Thank you for your Holy Spirit. We thank you that you're here with us. For the Word says, when two or more are gathered, you are there with us. So, you are actually here. Your presence is here. We can sense you. We can feel you tonight. But Father, I pray tonight is more than just a physical feeling of your presence, but that our spirit on the inside will rise up with a new song, a new song tonight. Father, place a new song in our hearts tonight. It may mean something different for each person, but Father, we seek a new song with new wineskins, with new mercies every day. Have your way in this place. Have your way in this place. We yield to you. We yield to you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. In your precious name, amen. You guys could stand with me tonight. We're going to worship for a little bit. Church family, I need to ask you for something tonight. From the moment I woke up this morning, I have been crushed under a spirit of compassion for a woman who's in her early 40s who I have never met. 
She is lying in her home with hospice care. She does not know the Lord. Her family does not go to church. I know her 10-year-old daughter. I've had but one conversation with her when she said, will you pray for my mom? She has cancer. The Holy Spirit is stirring me up. I called Jason at the grocery store and said, we've got to go and we've got to make a way to see these people. We've got to pray for this woman. And he said, do it. Make the way. I have heard the same thing this morning. So I need your prayers that he would make the way that we can get to see Christine and her husband, Chris. We don't know them, but we have, he's got a call in. And my heart is breaking. My heart is breaking for this family. And my prayer is, Lord, don't let the legacy be one of sorrow and suffering and death and grief. Because outside of Jesus, that's all there is. And so his heart of love for this family has been pressing into me all day long. And I know that this compassion is the power of the Holy Spirit upon me. And so I ask you, I ask you to agree with me in prayer that we would be able to meet these people, to get into the room where she is, to usher in the presence of God, and to plead mercy and the blood of Jesus, that he would heal her. Medical science is over. It's done. It's done. So when she gets out of that bed, and when she speaks again, when she once again recognizes her daughter's and her son and the people around her, which she no longer does. The cancer is in her brain. She cannot speak and she doesn't know who anyone is. So when she once again recognizes them, they will know, they will know that it was the love and the mercy and the power of heaven poured out. And not because of anything they did, but because the Holy Spirit of God has ordained it so. Please agree with me in prayer. Please press into the throne room of heaven and plead the blood of Jesus for this family, for these children, for this husband, for this woman. Father, you've seen her. You've seen her before she was born. You see every strand of DNA. You know the repairs that must be made in her body, in her heart, in her soul, in her life. Father, redeem, redeem, restore, and restore. You are the God of mercy. And we call upon the blood of Jesus. Let the blood of Jesus be put upon the doorposts. We put it upon the doorposts of their home. We place it upon the doorposts of their heart. We plead for them, Father. We plead for this family in Jesus' name. Let her live and let her declare the works of the Lord forever and ever. Let every child that she has brought into her home declare your name to their children and their children. Let the generations be turned because of who you are and because this day you have pressed it upon the the hearts of your people to cry out to cry out. Father, do what only you can do. Only you can save this woman. Only you can touch her body. Only you can turn the cancer away. Only a touch of your hand will do. Father, that you would receive all the glory, 
all the glory and the honor and the praise. I say, no, the devil will not triumph here. That death will not triumph here. That you will intervene. That the lost would find rescue, salvation in you. I pray it in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Church, all I know to do right now is just to prophetically speak the Word of God over this woman's life. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, forget not all His benefits, who forgiveth all thy iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases, who redeemeth thy life from destruction, who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies thy mouth with good things, so that the youth may be renewed like the eagles. Father, we ask and we speak that Christine shall live and not die and declare the works of the Lord. Father, we just thank you, Lord, that you will strengthen her. Thank you, Father that you sent your son Jesus to be wounded for our transgressions, to be bruised for our iniquities, for the chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. Father, we ask, Jeremiah thirty seventeen that you will restore health unto thee, and that you will heal them, their wounds, saith the Lord. Father, your word says all things are possible to him that believeth. And so, Father, we, we know that this family is not believing, but we are standing in intercession. We are standing in the gap. We are raising up a song to you. We are raising our faith to you. Hear our cries. Hear our prayers. And heal this woman. Save her. Save her family. Father, I speak now that many will come to know you through this. Father, we speak to her body now and command it in the name of Jesus to begin operating and functioning as it should in Jesus' name. Whatever cell is missing in her body that is not allowing it to understand which ones are cancerous and which ones are their correct cells, we speak a miraculous growth now in Jesus' name of the cells that are needed. A miracle now in Jesus' name. A creative miracle adding to her body that which is not there. That which is needed for this healing. We speak to it now in Jesus' name. Whatever cell name that is, we speak it back into her body now in Jesus' name. Father, we begin and we believe that that cell is going to begin operating as it should. Detecting the cells which are cancerous. And immediately begin to take them out in Jesus' name.
Father, your word says if we will have faith and not doubt, we shall not do only that which was done to the fig tree, but also if you shall say to this mountain, to this cancer, to this issue, to this thing that needs moved, be thou moved. We call be now moved now in Jesus' name and be cast into the sea. It shall be done. And all things, whoever ye shall ask for in prayer, believing ye shall receive. Father, we believe in your healing power tonight. We believe in your healing power tonight. Father, we ask that your Holy Spirit will just begin to invade that house now in Jesus' name. Invade that house, invade her body. Begin to stir up her body like she's never felt before. Father, we ask it in your name. We ask it in the name of your precious Son, Jesus. Your word says that Jesus is at the right hand of the Father and he hears our prayers. And so we ask now in the name of Jesus that you perform this miracle. That you touch this life. Father, we ask that you make a way that we can be a part of that. it's not for our glory but for yours all for your glory all for your glory thank you Lord thank you Lord thank you Lord let's just keep pressing in for a couple more minutes now it's on church just to build your faith there's one other time in my life where I've, the spirit of compassion has come on me in this way. So out of all the days that I've been alive, it's happened one other time in this particular way. And on that particular evening, the first thing that happened was I, I saw a situation happening in my household where one of my children was beginning to suffer in a way that she had been suffering and we had been praying and we had done everything we had known to do, but the situation would continue. She was about three years old. And when you have a small child who's suffering painful things that they don't understand, it's incredibly heart-wrenching. But the first thing that happened on that evening when we came home and I began to see it stirring up again is that I got just a knowing, just a kind of a revelation that the enemy was looking to steal something from us. That in that moment, on that night, he was looking, he was seeking to steal joy. We had headed home from where we were and we had plans for joy as a family. And this began to happen, this thing that was a, a thing, it began to start, began to happen. I thought, no, no, no. And in in that moment, she was upstairs, he was upstairs with her, and I just began to sense the enemy and what he was doing. And I became indignant, which is not hard for me to get there, and I just said no. And I began praying along those lines, no, no in the name of Jesus. 
And I walked upstairs, and as I walked, that 30-second walk, I walked upstairs, and they were in the bathroom. I walked upstairs, and the spirit of compassion came over me like nothing I had ever felt before. It wasn't grief. It wasn't sympathy. It wasn't longing for, for this not to be happening. It was a spirit of compassion came over me. And I walked into the bathroom where she was. And all I did was walk over to her and I placed my hands on her head. And the moment I did, I said, dear Lord, the moment I spoke the words, I felt the power of God go out of my hands and into her body. And the thing which was causing her extreme pain was over. In a, in a moment, it was over. It was over in that moment. And we began praising God. And she, in her three-year-old voice, began praising God. And then within 10 minutes, we were downstairs and we were doing our joyful plans, restored, redeemed. And I've held on to that. That was one of the most powerful moments I've ever had. And I wasn't a pastor. I was a mom. And I responded to what the Lord revealed to me in that moment. All I did was pay attention and then be obedient to what he led me to do. And so this morning I woke up with this pressing of compassion for a woman I have never met. For a family I am not connected to at all. And all I know to do is to be obedient. And so I was being obedient and asking you to press in with me for this family. Um, and I'll just close it with, we need prayer to just make it happen. You know, that is my heart's desire is just to get in the room, just to, to be able to be there, to be led of whatever he wants to do. And so that is my prayer, that this is his spirit of compassion. It's his spirit of compassion. It's his power that heals. It's out of his unending mercy. Limitless grace. So, Father, as we close out this time, Father, I thank you that you're here and that you hear our prayers. And so, Father, we just thank you tonight. You are making a way. You're already doing a work in this person's life, in her family's life, in her children's life, her husband's life. So, Father, I thank you that you are the way maker. You're the way maker, the miracle worker, the promise keeper. Thank you. thank you for tonight. We thank you for all that you're doing in our lives. Father, every other prayer request that has been submitted and we are lifting it up tonight, we're lifting them up to you, each and every prayer request. Every person here, every person on a Sunday who submitted them, we cast our cares onto you for you care for us. That you love us so much that you would send your son to die for us. What is a prayer of an issue in our life to you? 
to us it's everything. To you, it's everything because you love us. So we cast those cares to you. We worship you. And Father, we thank you and rejoice for answered prayers in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you for answered prayers. We thank you for answered prayers. Hundreds of thousands of answered prayers. (laughs) Even just this year, Father, we thank you for answered prayers. Just thank him for a minute. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for answered prayers. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We thank you, you are a good, good Father. We thank you that you are the way maker, miracle worker. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And all these things we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen. All right. 45 minutes in, we got a few minutes left. Turn around and say hello to someone, and I'll give you a short exhortation, and we'll wrap it up. All right. All right, I've got a short message. Uh, Turn with me to Luke chapter 7. And I actually didn't title this message, so the message title is Luke chapter 7. Okay, this is my creative title for this message, Luke chapter 7, okay? Uh, before we get into it, I'm going I'm to read through verse 36 through 50, and typically how I do it on a Wednesday night, so I'm just going to read part of the scripture, then I'm going to stop and just talk about it for a minute. So 36 through 50 of Luke 7, and before I start reading there, I just want just to preface it that this was written, of course, by Luke, uh, who was a physician. Okay, so Luke was a doctor. Uh, Luke was a doctor. He also uh, wrote the book of Acts. And he gives very, he gives a lot of detail about stuff that happens. So if you're ever reading a story that's in multiple Gospels, and you're looking for the Gospel that has like the most amount of details, usually it comes out of the book of Luke. And so I always turn to the book of Luke if I want to get like all the details of what actually happened. Uh, and then the other, other Gospels always support it. Then, of course, if you go to the Gospel of John, that's like not totally in order, so that'll kind of throw you off for a little bit of how things actually happened in life. But I say all that because Luke, he did write it pretty much chronologically of how things happened uh, in it. And so what I want to point out is that Jesus was already doing miracles, and people were already seeing miracles happen. People, I mean, Jesus' ministry has started at Luke chapter 7, okay? The ministry has started. He is beginning to do things, pray for people, speak the message of God and what God has to go say. So it's already out there. So I wanted to just preface it uh, with that. Now we start in verse 36. So it says here, it says, Then one of the Pharisees asked him, meaning Jesus, to eat with him. So first of all, I was just like, okay, like this dude is inviting Jesus to his house for some lunch, maybe some dinner, doesn't say specifically what time of day. So I'm thinking like initially when you're reading this, you're like, okay, you hear a lot of bad, you get a lot of bad vibes from the, the, fat, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, these are the religious people of the day. And you begin to start thinking like, well, okay, what's wrong with this guy? He is inviting them into the house. But it's interesting, the invite into the house, he had a little bit maybe not an ulterior motive so much, but he had a lot of questions. And he didn't quite believe just yet. And Jesus was going to show some things uh, out in this whole uh, situation. So he asked him in to eat with him. 
So and I, my question was, was he interested in learning more? Was he, why was he inviting Jesus over? And the next part of verse 36 says, You guys okay? All right, there we go. <clears throat> and it says, And he went to the Pharisee's house and sat down to eat. So this is what I'm, this is like, so the first part of this whole lesson is, hey, when you invite Jesus to come for lunch, he shows up. He shows up. And sometimes our motives aren't always pure as to why we want you. I mean, the Bible talks a lot about when we pray. Sometimes we don't get what we're praying for because we're praying out of selfish ambition. We're praying because we want something that's not really good for us. And there's reasons why sometimes where prayers are not answered. But look at this. When we invite Jesus to the house, he comes. He comes. Tonight we invited Jesus to the house, and he came. Jesus accepted the invite. Okay, Jesus accepts our invite. When we ask him, verse 37, And behold, a woman in the city who was a sinner, when she knew that Jesus sat at the table in the Pharisee's house. Listen to this. Behold, a woman in the city who was a sinner. Like, first of all, like Luke points out, like, this woman's a sinner. Like, he really could have just put any of us in this situation. You know, and they think, well, this woman must have been doing some really bad things. She was known as a sinner. No, basically, she wasn't known in the religious group of the Pharisees and the Sadducees and all those people who thought they were holier than thou, who thought, I follow all the laws, and I'm, you know, big, bad, and mighty, and I can do all these great things. And they looked at her and said, well, Luke's pointing out, like, okay, everyone sees this woman as a sinner. Well, guess what, church? Every one of us is a sinner. Every single one of us is a sinner. Sounds like most of us is what I wrote down. Interesting or not, she was watching Jesus. She didn't get invited into the house. It didn't say that the woman got invited into lunch. It said Jesus got invited into lunch, and this woman, who knew she was a sinner, was seeking Jesus and say, I have to go where he goes. I have to follow wherever he goes. You see, Jesus was going into the house. She goes in the house too. So I'm not sure if the Pharisee had like a bouncer at the door. You know what I mean? If he had like a bouncer, like, whoa, 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 whoa. Sinner of this town... I don't think that you can come in here because she got in. She got in. So even when we sin and when we seek Jesus, he is accepting. He is ready for us to be at his feet whenever we need to be. Whenever we need to be. Then it says that she brought an alabaster flask of fragrant oil. So it's interesting, like, was she, like, just carrying this thing around, like, 24-7? Probably not, right? Probably not. She didn't come with, you notice here, she doesn't doesn't come with anything else. She didn't come with a bunch of towels or cloths or anything because she ends up wiping her hair, drying Jesus' feet and the tears that she shed on his feet. So she had this. So in my view, she intentionally had an offering ready. So when I see Jesus, when I can meet him, when I seek him and when I can find him, I am ready to pour out this oil of offering onto him. And to me, that means she was expecting to meet him. How many of you go out taking something with you, thinking you'll never, ever, ever, ever going to use it? Most of us don't. How many of you guys go out hunting and don't take the gun, right? You're just like, okay. No, you take the gun when you go hunting because you're expecting to use it, right? This woman 
had the oil, she was expecting to use it, which means if Jesus was going in the house, she was going in the house. What a lesson for us to learn. Be ready with our offering when we're seeking Jesus. It says, verse 38, and stood at his feet behind him weeping. As soon as she got in the presence of Jesus, she began to weep. She began to break down. She began to say, this is the Son of God. She clearly recognized the power of Jesus, who he was, and the power that he had. It says, and she began to wash his feet with her tears and wipe them with the hair of her head. And she kissed his feet and anointed them with the fragrant oil. You notice, she's seeking Jesus. She's ready with her offering. And as soon as she sees Jesus, she begins to break down. And then she begins to minister to him. What a beautiful picture. When we come into the presence of Jesus, what do we do? We fall down. We worship him. We shed tears. Because we're all sinners. Verse 39, now when the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he spoke to himself. So interesting, she's not invited, he invites Jesus in, now he's talking to himself. So I don't know if Luke is like, sees this guy like mumbling, ever, know, ever see somebody talking to themselves, right? So maybe, maybe Luke's a physician, he's smart, maybe he's lip reading, you know, because he's writing down what, it just says he's talking to himself, Okay, so that doesn't mean he's talking out loud, but Luke is probably, I don't know if he's on the other side of the room, he's watching this happen, and he's saying this man, if he was a prophet, right, he's doing one of these things, if this man was a prophet, what do you know, that manner of this woman who is touching him, for she is a sinner, like, what is he doing, why is he allowing this to happen, what is, I mean, this is a sinner, look at me, I'm, why is he not paying attention to me, the Pharisee, I'm the one who invited him in to lunch, What's going on here? I'm the one who invited him in, but she's ministering to him. In verse 40, and Jesus answered and said to him, now, I think this is one of those moments where the Pharisees just like, you know, Jesus starts talking to you, and you weren't expecting that person to talk to you. Did he hear what I was saying? Oh my gosh, did he hear this? And he calls out his name, Simon, I have something to say to you. So it's like one of those things where you're caught, yeah? So, you know, he was, he was sitting there like he's all, man, high and mighty, look at me, I'm a Pharisee, I don't know why he's doing it. Simon? Yes. <laughs> and look what he calls him. Look what he calls him. Simon, I have something to say to you. So he said, teacher, say it. Oh my goodness. Look at He transitions now. He transitions now knowing, whoa, Jesus knows what I'm saying. He knows what I'm thinking. He knows what's happening. He's got something to say. This high and mighty position that I thought that I was in, he is breaking this down, all happening in an instant. All happening in a moment. Now he says, now he's just like, oh my goodness, I think I have something to learn. And I'll tell you what, a lot of us have a lot to learn. No matter how many years we've been a Christian, no matter how many years, how many scriptures we have memorized, no matter how many prayers we have prayed, no matter how much time a day we worship, there is always something more for us to understand and to know. And this is what Jesus starts saying. So the Pharisee starts to fuss. He says, whoa, 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 I've got something to tell you. And then Jesus speaks in a parable, which he does many, many times, verse 41. There was a certain creditor who had two debtors. So somebody lent money to two different people. One owed 500 denarii, the other 50. Basically, one owed 10 times the other one, okay? 10 times more. When they had nothing, 
with which to repay, he freely forgave them both. Ah, what a beautiful picture of Jesus. No matter the sin, no matter what you've done, no matter where you've been, no matter what, it doesn't matter, Jesus forgives everything. Everything. Tell me, therefore, so Jesus then asks this Simon the Pharisee dude a question. Tell me, therefore, which of them will love him more? Verse 43, and Simon answered and said, I suppose the one whom he forgave more. And I started to realize, like, wow, holy cow, look at this. Every one of us needs forgiveness. And I think what, what you'll see here in a minute, what I began to see in this scripture verse is that when we begin to reflect upon our own life and begin to see the sin in our own life, every single bit of it, not just the sin that's like apparent to everyone else, right? Because the woman was the sinner. They knew. So whatever sin she was committing, it was apparent to everybody. The Pharisee's sins were not apparent to everyone. And he looked at his own sin and said, eh, it's just this little bit of sin. It's five denarii. And Jesus is pointing this out. And you think hers is 50 denarii. And then what he begins to say in the next verse, look at what he then says in the next verse. And he said to them, you have rightly judged. And then he turned to the woman and he said to Simon, look at this, he turns to the woman, but he's still talking to Simon. Okay? He's still talking to him, but he's speaking to the woman. It's like, what is happening in this situation? He's looking one way, he's talking to someone else. Do you see this woman? I entered your house. Now he's talking to Simon. You gave me no water for my feet. But she has washed my feet with tears and wiped them with the hair of her head. Verse 45, you gave me no kiss, but this woman has not ceased to kiss my feet since I came, uh, since the time I came in. Verse 46, you did not anoint my head with oil, but this woman has anointed my feet with fragrant oil. Look what actually has happened. This woman, tears, crying, wipes them with her hair, all that she has. She risks everything, being ridiculed, everything to come before him. Verse 47, therefore I say to you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven. He forgives every one of her sins, for she loved much. And here's the kicker. But to whom little is forgiven, the same loves little. And this was interesting to me. My reflection upon this basically says this. If we begin to think that we are better than somebody else, If we begin to think that, well, I don't sin like that person sins. If we begin to think, well, you know, I just, my sin is like this, but they're they're dealing with homosexuality. So they're, what are you talking about? Every sin is a sin in God's eyes. And we'll begin to think that way, begin to act that way. The compassion, which we were talking about earlier, begins to fade. And our ability to love others and have a compassion for others, like Jesus did, begins to fade. This is exactly what Jesus says here. He says, hold on a second. Those who are forgiven much, love much. Which means each and every one of us have been forgiven much if we begin to recognize and understand all of the sin that we have in our life. All of the things that we're battling and we're struggling with. Ah, well, it's a thought that I had a spirit of fear that I'm battling or this or that. I didn't go steal at the grocery store, so I'm okay today. No, 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 no. What God is saying and what Jesus is speaking to us is those who begin to expose themselves and say, Lord, have your way in this place. Lord, what is, what is the, what's the right word when you're, uh, when you're gardening, uh, when you're tearing up the soil? 
Yeah, when you're tilling. Lord, till up this soil. Till it up. Get all the rocks out. Get all the weeds out. Get everything out. We begin to realize, you know what? We're pretty big sinners. Ah, we're pretty big sinners. And what the Lord is saying is if we're walking around acting like we're not big sinners, acting like we got all of our stuff together, like a religious Pharisee, we are actually unable to love others the way God wants us to love. And I was like, oh my goodness, are you for real? Right? So after I read this, I was just like, Lord, forgive me all of my sins. I'm just seeking and I'm searching. What are the things? What are the sins that have been hidden that I don't see right now asking him to expose them in our lives? Because he wants them dug out. He wants them tilled out. He wants that soil to be fresh and ready for the things that he has for us. We need to search our own heart. Verse 49. And those who sat at the table with him began to say to themselves, Who is this who even forgives sins? The people were amazed. The parable was amazing. Simon was probably like, What just happened to me? <laughs> I invited him in like I was thought this was like I was going to catch him, do a trick, whatever. I'm a Pharisee. I know what's going on. And he changed my world just like that. This is what Jesus does. And in verse 50, I love this. Then he said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Whoa. What do you mean her faith has saved her? She didn't say anything. She, it didn't say that she said the sinner's prayer. It didn't say that. What did it say? It says that she sought Jesus. She cried and wept, meaning she was repentant at his feet. She brought an offering before him, and all of her sins were forgiven by him. Your faith has saved you. Then the last line of this chapter is, go in peace. So a lot of times Jesus says, go in peace. It means a couple things. One of the meanings is, it means sin no more. Go in peace. So hey, okay, you are a sinner, we're a sinner. Hey, some things we have to stop. Could we stop that, please? Jesus is saying, stop that. And the other thing, if you, if you dig in uh, to, the, to the Greek here, it actually means go in prosperity. <laughs> when our sins are forgiven, he sends us out with the prosperity of Jesus and the anointing of Jesus on our lives. Isn't that a wonderful blessing? And what it is, is this prosperity, this ability to love as Jesus loved. To be able to love as Jesus loved. When we see our sin, when we see us ourselves for who we really are, and we bring that to the feet of Jesus, we begin to become compassionate for others. And it is hard for us to walk by somebody without a compassion for them. And I know it's stronger sometimes than others. It's what Liz was talking about earlier today. Sometimes that happens. But when we expose and say, Lord, have your way in this place, he actually begins to show us how to love others even more. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you, Lord, that you are the forgiver of sins. Father, we just ask that you will just weed out, till out everything in our lives that needs tilled out. And even though sometimes that's painful, sometimes that's challenging, Father, I ask that you would have your way in this place, in this place, in these vessels, in these clay pots, Father, your word says that this time on earth here is but a vapor and it's temporary. And Father, we do, we look forward to eternity with you. We look forward to that with great hope and anticipation. But Father, while we're here on this earth, 
I ask that you would rise up a compassion on the inside of us to love others. To love others more than we've ever loved them before. Father, one of the ways you show us in the Scripture to do that is just to say, Lord, show me in my own life where I'm falling short to your word, where I'm falling short to what you've called me to, where I've fallen short in what I'm watching, what I'm saying, what I'm doing, what I'm thinking. And Father, we come to you with repentant hearts tonight. Say, forgive us for these sins. And as you did for this woman, you forgive us our sins. We thank you for your forgiveness. We receive that tonight. Father, when we first started, you just spoke in my heart that there would be a new song tonight. A new song in each of our hearts. So Father, I ask for that new song. That new song of love of love for others. Father, a new song of love for ourselves. For your word says that we shall love our neighbor as we love ourselves. So how can we love our neighbor if we're demeaning and putting our own selves down? So Father, I just pray that we would see ourselves in the mirror as you see us. As beautiful, perfect, loved children. Father, and I speak against every lie, every condemnation of the enemy. Father, I speak against even those thoughts that we've had that try to condemn ourselves and when we begin to speak negatively about ourselves, I'm not good enough, I'm not pretty enough, I'm not good looking enough, I'm not smart enough, I'm not whatever enough. Father, forgive us for saying those things for you perfectly created us. And you forgave all of our sins. And you made us exactly the way you wanted us to be. Father, it doesn't matter the personality type, whatever test we want to take, you've created us perfectly in your image. Each of us unique, but each of us in your image. So Father, I pray that we'll be able to love ourselves in a healthy way tonight and begin to love our neighbor and have compassion and love for those around us in our workplaces, in our schools. In every place that you've called us to go. We thank you for these things. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen. All right, guys. Only a few minutes passed. You guys are dismissed. Enjoy. See you Sunday. I got snow tires, so don't matter if it snows anymore to me. <laughs> Brand new snow tires. Blizzex, Bridgestone Blizzex tires. I don't know. They're ranked high. I ain't missing no more stuff because of snow. Thank you for being a part of today's Faith Communications broadcast of Erie Christian Fellowship Church. If you do not currently have a church home, you are invited to join us on Sunday mornings at 10 o'clock. Erie Christian Fellowship is located at 5900 Saratania Road, directly across from the Walnut Creek Middle School. You'll find us on the web at www.ecfchurch.org, where you may sign up to receive our monthly Faith Communications newsletter. Again, thanks for joining us today, and always remember 2 Corinthians 5-7 that declares, For we walk by faith, not by sight.